Well, hello everyone. I'm Jill Bloom, publisher of Roofing Contractor, Walls and Ceilings and Building Enclosure. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're listening on podcast or watching on video. We're so happy you're here. And so today we're here with our legal insights with Trent Cotney, the CEO of Cotney Attorneys and Consultants. And Trent, it's always great to spend some time with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Jill, same here. You know, it's, it's, I really look forward to our conversations. And I, I got to tell you, I was really excited to see the podcast format as well, because if you're like me, I'm always driving. So it's nice that you offer that. It's, um, it's, it's, it's uh, definitely a good listen. Oh, I'm so glad you like it. You know, you never know if somebody wants to have the option, if they just want to listen to it and download it from iTunes or be able to watch the video. So we're excited to be able to offer that option. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's uh, it's definitely going to uh, uh, increase availability for people that are out there that uh, are like me and are in the car a lot. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, there's so much to always to talk about with you, Trent, and it looks like this... Uh, just recently, the Biden administration just appointed Doug Parker, the current head of the California OSHA, to serve as the Assistant Secretary of Labor for OSHA. Mm-hmm. And Parker served under the Obama administration as well. But what should contractors anticipate from Parker and what should they know about him? So that's a great question, Jill. And, you know, we we had word, um, especially from, from Craig Brightup, who we work with closely as our national lobbyist, that uh, this choice was probably going to occur and what's interesting about it is, is Doug Parker's got a long history of, of working uh, in the safety realm, whether it's from you know, an OSHA standpoint or otherwise, um, with his time at California OSHA. For those of you that are not familiar with this, California OSHA is a state plan that is based off, that uses the federal guidelines as a basis, but it is incredibly aggressive and they have a significant amount of rulemaking. Um, you know, he is a big proponent of, he has sort of an activist regime where he believes in uh, engaging in significant rulemaking, inspections, citations, all of that kind of stuff. When, when we are defending, you know, roofing contractors from Cal OSHA, it's a slightly different world. And that's something that if you're not familiar with it, you have to navigate. For example, if you're coming from a state that just has a federal OSHA plan and you end up in Cal OSHA, it's a completely you know, it's based off the same set of rules, but there's a lot more things that are even more restrictive than the baseline, which they can do. So, Jill, my concern for the roofing contractors out there is the same thing that we've been talking about, you know, since um, the Biden administration started really ramping stuff up. And that is you're start you're going to start to see these top down positions be filled. Right. And as they're filled, what what's going to happen is pretty soon the memos, the guidelines, the uh, letters of understanding are going to start to be disseminated to the rank and file. That is when you are going to see your local area office really start to pick up an enforcement and issuance of citations and increased inspections. Okay, so that is, is, is it's not a surprise that uh, Mr. Parker took that position. Um, but, you know, this is to kind of further underscore the fact that there is going to be an activist OSHA uh, regime in place that could potentially affect uh, contractors moving through 2021 and beyond. Yeah, you know, I was reading that uh, employers should work to identify and eliminate workplace safety hazards. I mean, besides the obvious, clearly roofing is very visual. Same with walls and ceilings. If they're working outside, they're in scaffolding and it's just, they're, they're very visual. But is this going to be an opportunity that Parker might take to fa- to look 
even deeper into any particular company that's visual and look more at even things that they're doing internally in the office that might be workplace hazards? I mean, what, how, how far do you think he will take this? So I think um, initially there's going to be a big push on COVID-19. We've already seen that. I've seen that within Cal OSHA, um, you know, very aggressive regulation in California as it relates to COVID-19 reporting and safety enforcement. So they have been discussing this emergency temporary standard for OSHA for a very long time for COVID-19. It was originally supposed to be in the middle of March. They pushed that off. I do anticipate that we will see something and I, I, Definitely think that's going to be a big push. The other thing to keep in mind is that um, when you look at the list of injuries and fatalities, you know, fall-related injuries are still at the very top of the list. So um, from OSHA's standpoint, anything that is easy to see from the street is an easy kill, right? So if I am um, a local uh, investigator, uh, it's commonly referred to as a COSHO, you know, compliance officer, and I'm driving down the street, it's very easy to see, you know, four roofers on, on a house without fall protection, right? Uh, it's very easy to see, um, you know, a walls and ceilings contractor that's erected scaffolding, maybe on the exterior to do some work or tie-in or something, right? So those are easy things to identify and easy things to get citations for. Um, you know, it takes a little bit more effort to go in the interior of a building and look for, you know, frayed ropes on an electrical line or something along those lines. So, you can absolutely anticipate that if you are either in roofing or, or the, you know, building enclosure, you're a building enclosure type contractor, regardless of whether it's outside or you're engaged in, you know, wall ceilings, drywall work on the interior, that uh, there's going to be an increased effort to um, not only inspect you from a COVID standpoint, but to enforce the existing standards and rules that are out there. Um, I definitely think that towards the end of summer and moving into fourth quarter, that's when you're, start, you're going to start see the mission of a lot of these area offices change to reflect where the Biden administration is going. Yeah, well, we all need to, uh, I guess, fasten our seatbelts, right? <laughs> right, right. It's, it's always, you know, what, what I always like to do is, is you know, um, prepare for the worst, right? And then that way, if, if nothing happens, then guess what? You have a, you have a safe a company as you can possibly have. And that's the key thing to hit home. Everybody wants their employees to go home safe every night. This is not about uh, avoiding safety. Safety is absolutely paramount and every penny you spend on it is a penny well spent. The key here is understanding and knowing your rights, right? You have to be able to understand the parameters of any OSHA inspection, what they can ask for and what they can't. And that's it. You just have to know what the rules of the game are. And what we're saying is that those rules are about to change. So you need to get aware of it. You need to make sure you're updating your safety manual and engaging in additional toolbox talks to prepare for that. Well, as time goes on, I know we'll have a lot more questions for you, Trent, so we can help contractors prepare. Sure. Um, and, you know, I saw that the Florida State Senate passed SB 76, I think it was last week, mm -hmm. a bill that targets roof damage claims as well as litigation against insurance companies. But what's your take on this? And can you give us insight on what you're doing on the lobbying side? Sure, absolutely. So there's a couple of different bills that are worth mentioning. There's Senate Bill 76, which you mentioned, but there's also House Bill 305. And both of these target roofers. You know, it is, um, it, it, Florida is a, um, a huge roofing industry, right? I mean, we, we have an enormous amount of roofs that are put on every single year. 
as a result of storm damage, it's a great place for not only, you know, hurricane repairs, but also hail damage. We have hail storms here. Um, so a lot of opportunity for any roofing companies, but it is a heavy regulated state. Okay. We have very strict licensure rules, very strict code rules. We have a Florida building code that is as robust as any code in the United States. So um, very, very difficult. So these two different bills approach things in, a, in two different ways. The first, Senate Bill 76, it has passed the Senate, but it still has a ways to go, right? It doesn't, you know, it needs that companion portion in the House. It needs to be able to get to the governor. So it's not there yet. And obviously we've been lobbying on behalf of roofing contractors. The biggest concern there is that it phases out um, compensation for roofs after a 10 year period. Initially, it, it uh, was skewed towards metal roofing as a, as a better alternative. Obviously, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're on an even playing field. Uh, it tries to cut against some attorney fees related issues and other things that, that cause insurance prices to drive up. Uh, but there are issues with how it's ordered and there's issues on how it, it affects roofing contractors. So from our standpoint, what we want to make sure that, that we're doing is advocating for um, you know, things that protect the roofing contractor and their ability to get paid for work that's performed. A lot of, from my personal opinion, a lot of what's in a Senate Bill 76 could easily be addressed within insurance policies themselves rather than through statutes. So it's a long way to go. This bill continues to change and ebb and flow. And again, it's nowhere near the finish line. Now, you didn't ask, but this is another thing that I think is worth noting, okay? House Bill 305 is not on a lot of people's radar, but it should be because there's some anti-solicitation provisions in there, basically preventing, you know, a, a lot of the door-to-door -door knockers from, you know, doing what they're going to do. So our concern is that some of the restrictions within that bill, which is also targeting the roofing industry, um, is something to watch out for. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because there's two sides to the story. There are those roofing contractors that believe that that segment is something that, yeah, we do need to work on it because there's a lot of fraud. There's a lot of potential uh, place for abuse. On the other end of it, there are those roofing contractors that do tremendous work, um, you know, insurance related and otherwise, and they don't want their rights, you know, heard as a result of this. What's interesting is uh, there's a group of lawyers that I've heard that is um, looking to challenge a lot of these anti-solicitation uh, rules on the basis of First Amendment. So we'll see, again, this is nowhere near the finish line. Okay, we still have a ways to go. It may die, don't know, but it has absolutely been on our radar. I've spent countless hours working with our government affairs team to try to thread the needle and figure out how do we get from point A to point B. You know, one of the things, Jill, that I've realized is like you, I, I like to get stuff done. You know, you tell me what the assignment is, I figure it out and I go do it. Politics is not that way, okay? It is never that way. And a lot of times it is, it is trying to figure out how to um, best accommodate a lot of the different interests that are out there. So rest assured, we're on top of these things. Uh, we are working right now to provide uh, Roofing Contractor Magazine with a detailed analysis of both, uh, both House, House Bill 305 and Senate Bill 76, and I should have that to you here in short order. Oh, well, we'll be looking forward to reading that and sharing that with the industry. So, but Trent, if SB, if uh, the Senate Bill 76 does pass, and I know you said it's got a really a long way to go, which is good, so it gives everybody time to prepare and just hopefully touch base with their own uh, representatives and let them know to not let that pass. But what, what does that mean for the rest of the industry and other states if it does get passed? 
So that's a great question, Jill. And, and as you can expect, uh, there has been a significant pushback from the Republicans that are in Congress. The concern is, is that the amount of the spending uh, is going to really cause inflation to creep up. I mean, we're talking trillions, right? This is not right. trillions. So anytime that you end up with that, uh, you can expect there's going to be a lot of horse trading, right? You can expect that there's going to be a lot of back and forth. But if I was a betting man, and it's difficult in politics, I would say uh, you can absolutely ex expect an infrastructure bill. You can expect that there will be money for vertical improvements like hospitals and schools. And uh, you can expect that there will be a renewable and sustainable energy push in that bill in whatever form it finally ends up in. So stay tuned. Um, anything that is of that size will move slowly. So that's, a, that's almost a guarantee. Well, that's, that's good news that it's going to move slowly. <laughs> But on another, on another subject though, Trent, roofing contractor recently covered a story on consolidation among roofing contractors. Should we be seeing, or do you think we'll be seeing more of this and like, why or why not? Um, yes, um, <laughs> you know, I, I can, I'll just leave it there, yes. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, from, from our perspective, we've hired two more corporate lawyers for mergers and acquisitions. So obviously we can't discuss stuff but I can tell you that, that um, yeah, there will be consolidation. This is a, a great time to sell your business. It's a great time to buy your business if you're looking to expand quickly. Um, and not just from a contractor standpoint, but also from a manufacturer standpoint. So there is definitely opportunity out there, um, you know, and, and across all segments, not just roofing, but everything in construction. You know, the good thing about construction is we as a whole weathered COVID-19 pretty well, you know, considering, so. Well, if I'm a roofing contractor, what is something that I need to consider first if I'm looking to be acquired? So here is the advice everybody needs to pay attention to, okay? You need to get with a real accountant, not your bookkeeper that you knew since grade school, right? Get with a real CPA that can move your books in a way so that it uh, reflects what investors are looking for. By move, I mean, you need to make sure that your, your profit and loss, your balance sheet, all the key economic indicators reflect what an investor looks for, okay? And there are ways to do that from an accounting standpoint. So one of the key things, you know, from a capital side, obviously when we're looking at, at investments, that's one of the first things I look at is I want to see their books. I want to see their PL. I want to see their balance sheet. I want to dig into it. You know, is this, how legit is this? Where does it go? How far back does it go? And one of the worst things that I hate as, as somebody that invests is getting a set of books from someone that clearly has no idea what they're doing. Right. Because that, that shows me that I have a brilliant person that's on the other side, but someone that means I'm going to uncover some problems. Right. What I want is I want it to be turnkey. And you need to do the same thing. You need to get with a CPA that can make sure that you are moving your business in a way to maximize your potential for sale. Okay, there is a difference there. That's something that I want you guys to listen to because if you want to sell your business, you don't just say, you don't just put it on the market tomorrow. You prepare yourself, you maximize your chances for the ability to sell by making sure that you are focusing on the right financials and key performance indicators. Well, great advice. 
So Trent, I also see you have an event coming up with National Roofing Partners uh, the 21st of this month. So what, what are NRP contractors concerned about right now and what are you going to be covering with them? So, you know, we spent the first part of this talking about OSHA and that's yeah. one of the things I really want to talk to everybody about is, is I want people thinking about what are the self-help techniques and tactics that you can use to prepare for a potential OSHA inspection. We're going to talk about you know, some basic safety guidelines, but also get into risk mitigation. You know, what can you do um, where you combine both legal and safety to make sure that you're maximizing your chances for successful defense? And that's the key thing is I want to hit that home. I want to drill at home. I want to talk about some of the new things that I'm seeing, but I think it's going to be a great webinar. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Well, what else is making your phone ring this week? You know, it's been a busy week already. We're, it's Tuesday and it's already it feels like it's Friday. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that, that's really interesting is um, there continues to be a debate over, over vaccines, right? And just this morning, we heard that there was some concern over Johnson & Johnson vaccine, that they have kind of tabled that until they can figure out some of these issues related to blood clots. Again, I'm not a doctor. So I don't know, but that's just what I heard on the news. Um, you know, then we've also heard about the Brazilian variant being, you know, pretty potent. Um, so it's very interesting to see how this will play out. You know, as I mentioned before, our levels right now are the same as where they were in mid-October. So some of the news is better, but it's a little, it's, we're basically where we were, right? So recently, uh, one contractor in particular, Clayco, which does a, a lot of work as a prime contractor, recently mandated that all of their employees be vaccinated. And I think some of the concern that I've heard is that contractors are still getting requests, you know, for time off to go get tested or time off to do this or do that. And regardless of what you think about the vaccine, if there's a vaccine available, um, there is this push a lot among a lot of contractors where they're like, look, you know, get vaccinated or there's no PTO. It is what it is, you know, and there are different state rules that govern some of that. Right. But uh, there is some pushback, you know, there's there at first everyone was like, I'm not mandating it, forget it. You know, I don't think that's right. I'm starting to see contractors take another look at it because they're tired of dealing with the constant testing and the PTO time and all this other stuff. They're trying to figure out a way to say, okay, you know, we just got to get this done, especially in uh, public sector. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of requirements for vaccination and other things based on types of work. So it's going to be very interesting, Jill, to see how this plays out, especially with the science of vaccines sort of in the background, you know, when you start hearing news like this, how does that affect people? I, I don't know. It, it's something that uh, I think it will take another year before we truly see what the stats are and how effective everything is. Yeah. And I know a lot of other people have college kids out there as well, like, like I do. And some of the schools are mandating that the kids cannot come back to face-to-face -face classes, not that they've been face-to-face, -face, but unless they're vaccinated. Right. And that's, that's a whole nother layer of concern, you know, especially when you see what just happened this morning with J and J. I saw that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a crazy time, you know. I, I don't. The problem is is the uncertainty, and I think right. a lot of people just don't know what's what's what to do or what not to do. Um, but yeah, I think as as time rolls on, we'll get a clearer picture of of where we stand and how effective uh, the vaccines are and what COVID looks like. You know, it's it's an ever changing uh, and developing issues. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll stay on it and we'll let you guys know as we hear stuff. 
Well, there's no doubt none of us thought we'd still be talking about this like we are or dealing with it like we are, you know, this far into 2021 and clearly it's not going away. So Trent, as always, thank you so much for your time. It's always great to speak with you and offer some great insight to all the contractors out there. To everybody watching or listening, thank you so much for your time. If you have any questions, make sure you can reach out to Trent at CottonyCL.com or you can visit us at RoofingContractor.com or WCOnline.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for, register for our website, sign up for our free e-magazines, our e-newsletters, so you can always make sure you're receiving these great videos and interviews with Trent. And make sure, as always, stay safe and healthy, and we'll talk to you next time.